Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 5 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with narrator Shakira Shoots. Shakira, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've been on my list. I finally got you. I'm like, yes. And Ooh, I, I love it. Yes. You've, you've, not only did you make it, but now I have you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started. Okay. Well, I am British, in case you hadn't <laughs> figured that out. Um, um, but uh, I've been narrating for uh, about two years full time. Um, yeah, almost two years full time. And prior to that, I kind of dipped in for about a year, did one or two books whilst my kids were still at home. Um, and as soon as they were both at school, I could uh, get into it full time. And I am British, but I live in North America. And I actually used to be a lawyer in England, in London, before we moved over to North America. And I, and prior to that, I was an actor in my early youth days. Um, And after I had kids and we moved to North America, I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. (laughs) Um, I realized I would have to re-qualify over here anyway. Mm. Um, And I was like, I don't really feel like I have the passion to go through all of that training again. Um, So maybe I should do the thing that I always thought that I would do and always wanted to do. And Maybe now I've got the guts to do it. Maybe I'll get into acting. Um, and I did a couple of community theatre plays and re-got the bug for acting. And then my very good friend uh, from home uh, told me, the cheeky rascal, that she'd written a book um, in secret. Uh, in fact, she'd written three. She'd written... <laughs> Not one, not a trilogy. Two, but three. <laughs> and she'd had them published. She'd had them published um and she really wanted me to narrate them. And I'd never really thought about audiobooks and narration. I mean, I'd listened to, you know, books on tape and stuff. Um and I listened to audiobooks with my kid, but I'd never really, you know, thought about who narrates them and that it wasn't always celebrities, you know, that it might just it might be actors or anybody. And so I was like, well, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so she's like, no, I, I want, I really want you to do it, and I think you'd be great at it. And so you just go away and figure that out. Take as long as you need, and and then do it, please. <laughs> and I'm so grateful to her because that was the, that kind of turned the tables on my kind of confusion of what I was going to do going back to work. And I narrated her first book. I I loved it, but it did take me forever i mean i said at the beginning that i kind of dipped in and out and did one or two books over a year i mean that was because that first book took me about eight months to record (laughs) um because i was learning and i didn't know about this wonderful community of narrators of authors i just didn't really know it existed so i did that first book completely blind with the internet as my only friend and not even you know 
the Facebook groups of narrators that I've since found, just me Googling, how do you narrate a book? And then how do you edit that book? And how do you master it? And how do you do everything? Um, with no, with no clue really <laughs> what I was doing, but I loved it. And then eventually I discovered all of the wonderful community and all of the help and the resources that are out there. Um, after the fact. <laughs> okay, but I want to say that I am so proud of you for doing it all on your own and Googling and figuring it out because I've also gotten the opposite where I've get, you know, into my DMs, people sliding saying, hey, I've been told I sound good and mm-hmm. that I should do this thing from like www.google.com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's fantastic that you try to do it on your own. Oh, my goodness. It was really tough. And now, I mean, nobody ever, ever, if anybody out there is thinking of becoming, nobody do what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I am the test kit. Like, I mean, it worked out well in the end, but it was just very, very tough. And I don't think I would have done it had it not been my best friend who'd asked me to do this for her. And this was... You know, I was bringing her baby to life, you know, her very, it was just very, it was a huge thing for her and and it was a huge thing that she'd asked me to be a part of it. So it was, I was taking care of this and I do that with every book, you know, they, this is something that an author has spent a really, really long time writing and probably thinking about, you know, for a, and they've poured themselves into it. And so it's my responsibility to make sure that when I'm then producing it in another format for them, it's their words, but that I give it the care and attention that they gave it, that they gave it, you know? And I don't think <laughs> if I didn't know the author, <laughs> I would have done what I did that very first time. Cause I'd have been like, what? You know, I spent so much time with a, with a really young baby on my hip, you know, try, like Googling stuff and figuring out how, how to edit. I mean, that was the thing that the tech stuff was the thing that I spent so much time on because I am like a trained actress. So I brought all of my acting to the mic and I had done some, um, you know, on the mic training um, for voiceover when I was getting back into acting and figuring out what I wanted to do. So I knew how to use the mic. I just didn't know how to do anything else. (laughs) It's it's not an easy system. The as someone, I mean, I've always been very tech savvy. And when I started um, to look into doing the podcast versus just a series, I'm like, well, I got to get like equipment and figure out what mm. this looks like and to make it sound at least decent enough for people to want to listen to it. And I was like, just when I hit the mic part, like which kind of microphone to use, I was like, Gary. Mr. Gary yeah. Furlong. <laughs> oh, Gary. <laughs> what, I love yeah. Gary. What do I wish one? And then he's like, all right, what are you trying to make? <laughs> yeah. But I, was, I mean, I, I Googled it, but there's just so much information. So as, as much as I always say, yes, try Googling it first and stuff like that. Um, and, but the community is such a great help. But the so editing helpful. and the sound proud. Yeah. No, that's really, that is difficult. And I'm not tech savvy. I mean, I my, luckily my husband really is, but he's not, he doesn't do anything. He's very tech savvy. So all the computers and my whole setup, you know, he is my um, tech team of my company. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the mic and the, mm-hmm. you know, the interfaces and, you know, it, it that's not his, he doesn't know how to do that. So I def, I had somebody come in to help me set up when I got my lovely, wonderful 
Ah, Mike. Um, <laughs> because I, I, do you know what? I started off super basic, super basic. I had a um, blue Yeti, Mike. Um, uh, and I was like, you know, it's really good, but I am not very technical. So I needed a USB mic because I was like, I don't know whether this is going to be a success for me, whether this is going to work out. So I don't want to spend a ton of money and or more energy figuring out how to use a mic that isn't a USB mic. Do you know, I, like that's a, that's adding more work on, like more research to do. I'm like, can I just have a mic that allows me to just plug it in and do it and I can, you know, is it going to be good enough? And you know mm. what? And I'm people are going to hate me for saying this, but I worked with so many producers, production houses and publishing houses and the big five using a Blue Yeti. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's a you know, huge misconception. It is, and there's lo- and and I think if I if I had listened to quite a lot of information out there, I would have been scared off or not gone any further because of money and you know and you know you've got to have some talent and some experience. I think of how to tell a story. I think if you've got that, unless it's awful and you're literally just sitting in a car park <laughs> you know you, you've got to make sure that you're you, you've got sound dampening and all that kind of thing but it it didn't hinder me it, it didn't hinder me you know having that set up no I think the misconception is that you have to do all this you know the heavy hitting mics that are thousands of dollars yeah. and I'm going you, you you were just told you sound good how about we figure out first if you really want to do it or not before right. you spent any of that money um, yeah. and that if it was going to be a success because you could, you know, do it, but you may not want to, may not be your cup of tea. Yeah, um, you might not want to sit in a box and talk to yourself for hours. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you know, it might you know, not be enjoyable to you. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of different things. And and that's something, too, that uh, when I was talking to Gary about it, I, he's like, OK, so what are your like long term goals and things like that? Because he knows I'm a planner. And mm. I was like, listen, mine needs to be like, I'll do the whole DOS thing if I have to, but I'm also not selling this for as a book. So I'm okay. It doesn't yeah. have to be the thing. So yes, says the girl that also uses the Blue Yeti, except uh, yeah. nice, nice gold edition. <laughs> oh, nice. So plug and play, baby. Plug and play. Love um, it. I love mm-hmm. it. And it does. And I think it's such a great way in. And it's mm-hmm. it's a way in that you can be successful. You can get what you need. And I treated myself to this ridiculous mic because I'd had a number of uh, big five publisher books and I was really proud of myself. And I, you know, I, I went through a, a really, it, it sounds like, oh, your friend offered you a book and you did it and it was wonderful. But there was a huge process of deciding not to go back to law and who the mm-hmm. hell am I now? And mm-hmm. now I'm a mum. And, but what else am I? Am I anything else? Do Am I good at anything else? Who, like, there's this, it took me a really long time just to figure out that I could do something else, that this huge passion that I had when I was younger was something I might still be able to do and I didn't have to take the second choice or the less risky choice. or You know, I just, it was a big thing. It wasn't an easy process for me. And I was really proud of what I'd achieved in a reasonably short period of time, but time was kind of not the thing. It was just, yeah, you did this. You did this mm-hmm. by yourself. And 
here's a treat with one of your paychecks. <laughs> like I didn't need it, but I wanted it. And mm-hmm. I could, and I, it was like my, so every time I get in my booth, I'm like, yeah, I, I earned that. Mm-hmm. I, I did that. Yeah. It's, it's so scary to jump into something and anything unknown. Some mm. people have the, the gumption and the guts to just completely not only just fall and jump into it, but they like take a running leap to it. You know, right. they're like, they're like yes. gun ho. And you're like, uh, but statistically speaking, if you know, and like all the yeah. numbers and hitting the floors and all that fun stuff and, and failures and things like that. So I do admire mm. folks that can just take that leap. But I, the, I admire more so the ones that might be the overthinker that might have to really take that huge leap and, and be okay. Well, if I fail, it's going to be epic, but it's going right. to be an epic failure. <laughs> Gosh, I and know. I find that really hard. And I found it yes. really hard, especially doing um, something that I love. To fail at something that you love and that you have great passion for, for me, mm. was something I did not want to do. So I was somebody who was a big fish in a small pond when it came to acting at school and then after school and at the drama school that I went to in England. Um, I always got the lead and I wasn't prepared to put myself in a position where I might fail when I'd never experienced failure up until that point. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I and it, and I loved it so so much. That's what I wanted to do. But I couldn't fail at this thing that I loved. So I chose to be a lawyer instead. Mm. <laughs> because I got to use all of my skills. I got to act. I mean basically I just pretended to be Ali McBeal for the whole time I was a lawyer and I thought that was yeah. pretty awesome. So I was still acting. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm going to put on the role of lawyer today. Um but to fail at something that isn't your passion, I mm-hmm. thought was e- would be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so it was, yeah, to then go back and be like, okay, I'm going to do this thing that I always wanted to do and I might fail. And you know what? It's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, it, that was hard. Well, um, then you have the added bonus that your, your, you know, your BFF that you love and adore was like, hey, by the way, no pressure. I want you to do my book. I know, but you know what? I think she knew what I was going through and she knew that I needed a push and I love her for it because I did. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for her. She she gave me the thing that I needed to do the thing she knew I needed to do. Like, what what an awesome friend. <laughs> it, it, yeah, and when you have those, you keep them because they're rare. They're so yeah. rare for them to do that. And, and especially with something like that of hers, that's also yeah. something that's so personal and close yes. to her chest and heart. To be like, all right, boo. Yeah. giving it to you <laughs> i know i know right no pressure yeah i gotcha yeah. but you yeah. gotta get me too <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's fantastic I'm, it's it's so interesting when we when we have the conversation in the community about our b- different backgrounds there's so many that have looked into this as a potential second career you know mm. startup or as a side hustle that they ended up like i didn't know i was gonna like it that much hmm mm. And things and to be able to 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 do it is fantastic. And I I'm hoping now that the conversations are being had with the younger generations of like, hey, do you know that you could illustrate and do your own comic books or you can illustrate and do your own graphic novels or be a voiceover actor? Um, you know, you can get paid to read books. Uh- <laughs> right. Yeah. Honestly, there are so many jobs now that I just didn't know existed. Yeah. 
and cool things. So sorry, my um, I just drank some tea and it's made me gurgle. <laughs> Sexy. I'm like trying to. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that would be. Yeah, uh, let's just punch and roll that, shall we? <laughs> this is goes in. The, this goes in the bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> So many times when I'm recording and I'm like, mm. oh, what was that? And like, oh, well, that's a weird noise. What was that? And it's like my stomach growling or I've got a weird gurgle or my nose is squeaked. And I'm like, this is really attractive. <laughs> like recording audiobooks really makes you feel human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. You don't have to edit that out. I really don't care. <laughs> no, it's, well, it's human nature, I think. It's um, and it's it's so important to still remember that you guys are still human beings behind the mic, mm, <laughs> not I just know. the lovely voice that we get to hear in commercials or in other fashions, but also the books that we listen to. I think sometimes we forget that you guys are human beings, whether it's yeah. part of the review or or over sexualizing certain you know folks and things like that. Or I think you- I don't know what it is that we do, but it there. Be- when there's that ever so slight, um, you know, step back and it's with TV and celebrities and anything like that. Yeah, you're right. There's this, you forget that there's a human behind it, that you think that you have sort of carte blanche to say whatever you want because they're behind a TV screen or they're just in your ears or whatever it is. It's weird. And and I find it on social media as well, like, People being able, people saying things that I'm like, I don't think you'd say that to someone's face, would you? Like, <laughs> right? Maybe That's... we should all think about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the key, lovely, you know, quote unquote, keyboard warriors, as they, as they like to say it. But you yeah. know, people, people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes that's a statement in itself. People. Um, yeah and i think we the a lot of times the you know the forgetting that you guys are humans and that you also are were part of this process um lately the conversation has been a lot about how the listeners and the fans are like raving on the guy's performance but forgetting to mention the female need you know character that was about 95 percent of the book um and i'm going guys we need y'all need to do better we all need to do better i'm i understand as a cis you know, female hetero that, uh, you know, I can insert myself as a, as a, as a female character, but I was listening to Shakira 95% of the book versus fill in the blank male narrator who did, you know, three chapters. Yeah. <laughs> so hmm. I know it is tough. It is, it is tough, but it's different, isn't it? Because I was actually talking to a, a, a co like another a narrator the other day about how, um, the, the male narrators do have to put up with quite a lot of commentary that might make them feel uncomfortable. I don't know. Or maybe they enjoy it. I don't know. But I was saying, what if men were saying those sorts of things about our voices and how it made them feel openly and publicly on a on a social media forum? I think I'd find that really uncomfortable. Um, and so I don't know. But then they say, they seem to sort of enjoy it. And they, I mean, that's their business isn't it and that's kind of part of they're coming into this knowing that that's probably going to happen so I don't know are they comfortable with it I think I would find it uncomfortable if especially if men started sort of like sliding into my dms to be like oh god I you know really got off on you saying whatever you Mm -hmm. said (laughs) yes when you say the word fuck my nether regions you know um yeah Yeah. I I had a baby right then (laughs) I know, right? Um, oh God! I think there is there's definitely a double standard, and it's part of the conversation. And that there's there's 
there might be a couple of different camps in, in the thought process. I am of the there is a boundary and there's a line and it shouldn't be crossed regardless of if we feel or think or believe that set narrator is going to love the comments or enjoy it or even yeah. plays up to it yes. sometimes. Yeah. Because yeah. there's always that one person that overtakes it and makes it, you know, takes it too far. Yeah. Um, and then that's where potential relationships of, you know, couples are no longer are, are not being questioned or heaven yeah. forbid accusations of misconduct are occurring. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, and, then that, and, and it's just you don't want anything like that to happen. And and I think, you know, I don't know, for, for me, I love it all. And I love romance so much. And I love the community. And, um, you know, and I think it's brilliant. And I and I enjoy those comments as long as it's all done with the knowledge that there's a human behind it and, right. and it's you know it's respectful but fun and especially mm -hmm. if that you know if those narrators play along and it's all in good faith and you know and all that kind of thing then that's then that's great but yeah there's a there is a line but I don't know where it is necessarily <laughs> well I, yeah I, I think that's also where the conversation is having like I have been like there's one narrator um Nicole Poole who has such a range in her voice that there's been several times where the reviews are like I didn't know this was a multicast and it's like no it wasn't honey it was just her um wow. which is a great compliment yeah but there's also been times where I've sent her and I've said it in, in public and behind you know on the show to her face um and she knows it too that I was like I had to remind myself that you are Nicole Poole and you are not Simon said you know male character because yeah. damn you know girl <laughs> but that was uh, a huge compliment yeah. I well I I would take it I mean I think that's great I I really enjoy it when when people say you know gosh your male voice was really hot you know, or whatever it might be, because it's like, well, that was the intention. And I'm glad that you felt that because that's what I wanted, you know, so that's great. And, you know, you can be fun and have an innuendo and all that kind of thing. That's, that's great. And, but, but I don't know how it feels. And because you're the same sex, gender, maybe yeah. it feels the same gender. Yeah. Maybe it feels, um, less, uh, well, scary? I, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I know for like, I've never turned around and said like, some of the like okay so have something that was i've seen and read that have been said to the male narrators um my nether regions were soaking wet <laughs> right i'm like okay. first of all as someone else Whoa. that's reading your comments tmi um yeah. not shaming or anything but like let's really um and then also that to me that's one of those like just just tell them that they sounded hot there's so many different ways to describe it um, without being lewd or crude um, or even again potentially crossing that boundary because of the word usage right? and you know that it's come from not that place right like, this is the thing that the conversation that I was having because sometimes you like look through comments you're like god that was really funny and you can tell you know that people are trying to outwit others yes and try and like out set like um be the the most extreme or the most out there or say the crudest thing like and it becomes like a so it almost becomes not about that person anymore and not even about what you're really saying but you're just trying to sort of outwit and and and, and say the funniest comment and be the sort of kind of crudest and you realize you've just forgotten that you're in a public space and that you're still talking about a person and you know you know that it hasn't come from a place of of any kind of 
you know, well, hopefully, it, no one's trying to be make anybody feel uncomfortable. They're just trying to say something funny and and make people laugh. And and then you're like, oh, but mm, yeah. Again, I if I wouldn't bust it out in a cafe, you know, if I would have been like, hey, Shakira, you know, your guy voice is fucking hot. You know, that's that's something I would tell you at a cafe. Yeah, I'd be like, thanks. <laughs> right. But I don't think I would ever bust out with, hey, Shakira, that guy was mm, my nether regions were soaking wet. No, I no. know. I feel I kind of feel like the only person that can ever say things like that in public is um is Miriam Margulies. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that you should, you know, she can say it and it really can she, but she does. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love her so much. Yeah, but you know that's the kind of thing she would say, and everyone's like, "Ooh," and she says it in public. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going, "Oh, where are the cameras?" We're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or we're being fucked." I, I, again, to me, it's just the the whole concept of like being just you know, it, there's a way to say it. You know, I'm I'm thinking it. I'm not gonna lie. You know, right? Yeah, and we're all thinking it. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, Joe Schmo, whatever, is still a human being. And, you know, deserves I, I would rather talk about the performance like, my God, when so and so said that line and they were gutted, I'm gutted and I'm not a crier, but I was fucking crying. I know. You know? That's the kind of thing that I would That's much have a conversation about versus my nether regions. <laughs> well, right. Because, again, I, if I think if you flip it and a guy slipped oh, yeah. into my DMs and was like, you know. Oh, no, I've seen it. Like. <laughs> I, I will flat out say it here. I've really? seen those exact same ladies really? that are going goo goo batshit cray cray over um, the male narrators turn it right around on another dude that say something that was nowhere near as lewd or crude. But yeah. because of the gender difference, you know, yeah. that he, they said it towards a female and he was a male, those same ones. And I'm like, y'all really? Mm. Mm-mm. Double standard. That's not cool. Um, not saying he's not wrong, you know, that he's correct, but seriously, it doesn't matter. I know, and I don't, I don't know why it feels so different. Mm. I guess for some people, it does. It, it's like, yeah, I've, 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 I've heard <laughs> the the rationale slash justification for the ladies to be able to say certain things. Be mm. well, we've had to deal with it for so many eons. It's about time that they learn what it's like. Oh. I'm going, no, boo. No, that's not how this works. I don't think two wrongs make a right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's the thing. But I mean, I, I think we're we're getting better. I think in some cases, um, I'm starting because, you know, people are going to be like, Viv, you're such a stick in the mud. I'm like, no, I am not. I'm that friend that can make no. anything. And I do mean anything. Yeah, Into me too. Sexual and I love it. And it's fun. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between doing it between girlfriends around a table or, you know, around a glass of wine or a bottle um, and it being in a public space. I yeah. Think. I don't yeah. Know. And I, I love like- it. I love it. I'm like, I don't want to be the freaking fun police. Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's worth thinking about, isn't it? It's worth having in the back of your mind when. Yeah, you're, when I think it's part of the conversation stuff. that we're having, and um, and yeah. I think that part of the conversation is I think it started with you know making sure that we include the ladies in our reviews. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they are ninety five percent of the work that is being in our earbuds as far as the performance goes. But they're also producing the book ninety five out of times out of ten, yeah. and having to you know wrangle the cats that are the male narrators that do not reply to emails. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> damn them. Just yeah. saying. Um, <laughs> calling still y'all out. Uh, yeah. As many of you are now looking at the email, did she send me an email? I might have, but mm, I probably cast someone that replied. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where um, the conversation at least is being had, which I'm grateful for. And and I know that there's going to be some folks that are going to roll their eyes and bust out with there again, Viv, you're talking about this. I'm like, well, I think it's an important conversation. And if you don't like to hear it, you can turn this show off. Uh well, you know, I think it, I think you're right. It's it's great to talk about it. I think it's important to talk about and it's it's important because everybody does have different opinions. And I you know, that's why you have a conversation, isn't it? Because I don't think I'm right. I don't know. This is what I think. I'd be I like having conversations with people and learning something new and learning a different perspective and seeing it from, you know, that's the whole point, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Conversation, to try and yeah. hash stuff out and figure it out. And yeah, but it's so funny with that when you're talking about, you know, the female narrators often doing a, a, a larger portion of the book. I, this I have been burned on a couple of times because right? at the very beginning of my career, when I started doing the first couple of dual um, narration books that I did and I just it says dual so I'm like okay it's probably going to be 50-50 I mean I didn't know I just didn't mm-hmm. know anything and so I would plan my time because you don't always get the manuscript um, when you get the offer and so I'd plan my time based on oh they said it's the X amount of words I'm probably going to be doing you know you know, so anywhere between 40 and 60%, roughly I guess if it's dual this is what my brain's doing so uh, it'll take me this amount of time and then I'd get the manuscript and having plotted out my time and booked in other books around it, suddenly I'm like, oh, no, wait, this 100,000 word book, I'm doing 90% of. (laughs) Or I had one that was all me and the male narrator, but it was a duet, the male narrator just did the um, dialogue. And I hadn't realized that that was going to be the case. And so I was, I thought I was going to have like 50% of the book and I didn't. <laughs> Said my timings were slightly skewed. I think it's definitely also a conversation that the authors are looking at when it comes down to creating their titles into audiobooks. It's figuring out what that division and you know looks like. Um, and also being better at even not so much announcing it, but just being transparent about it in regards to who the narratives are. Cause they've done that a few times a few years ago. There was one that was like narrated by female narrator inserts sebastian york and the people were like listen i'm I'm like 90 percent into it and sebastian hasn't said a damn thing yet and (laughs) and i'm going "Hmm," because i knew what was going to happen and um and then they're like viv fucking epilogue yeah epilogue and i'm like hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they're getting better. At least they'll say, you know, epilogue narrated by so and so, insert male character, you know, narrator, yeah. stuff like that. But it, it's it's true. I mean, there, there's a how the titles are, you know, the books are written, and then whose POV it is, and how many yeah. backs and forth, and all that. But look, stuff. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it, scheduling me, though. <laughs> but she's but exactly for scheduling i do like mm-hmm. really care and but i find actually authors are fab if i'm dealing with i don't really deal directly with authors very much um just the way that where i don't know yeah i don't really know i guess everybody's n- narrator journey path is different but i ha- i haven't had very many uh relationships direct with authors a ton 
Um, but and but when I have, they've always been so good at giving me all the information that I need upfront. Um, but I think when you when you do have a middleman, middle person, <laughs> um, <laughs> that you sometimes stuff can get lost in translation, and you know, or or maybe because you don't have that one-on-one relationship with the author they're not asking for it because they're not the ones narrating it so they're not necessarily realizing that those are questions that would be useful to ask and so when you get given stuff from production companies and publishers it isn't the whole package and then and then there's a whole well some publishers don't want you to talk to the authors so then you have to go through them and if they don't think that it's a question that's worth going to the author about you know I don't know how it quite works at that end but you know when I've dealt with authors if I'll know how much my word count is and how and I can schedule it properly I don't always you know get all of that because there's just there's just more people in the process and there's more people that information has to go through and you're getting it from different angles and I love it because it makes my life easier working with a publishing company and a production house and stuff. But um, but are the other but there are there are pros and cons, I guess. For everything. yeah, that's actually been an interesting conversation too because we've heard the um, narrators that's from the production company side or or publishing side, depending on you know how that's working, where they're like, no, you got you you're not allowed, like no it's there's a there's no if center but about it you will not speak to the author if you need anything you have to come through us as the production company or the producer and then they'll they'll turn right around and work that same narrator will work directly with an, an author and they get all that you know interactions and stuff like that and at first when i you know years ago i was like well why all the cock blocking you know like why and and then I started working. <laughs> uh, and there's there's a lot of reasons behind it. And some are very, very valid. You know, sometimes the author is too close to the 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 material. And you're never, no matter how awesome you are, you're never going to sound just like the character in their head. And sometimes they will require or request, you know, redos, 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 because you have yet to match that sound in their head. And that's where the producer comes in and says, yeah, no, we're not doing this. And you don't have to be the bad guy, you know, and things like that. I can't hear you. Ooh, can you oh, hear there me? you there you are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what is happening? I couldn't suddenly I couldn't hear you. And then I and then I looked totally lost connection. Can oh, you hear me? I can hear you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're fine. Hey, listen, at least I realized it and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. She's not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're sorry. good. Again, no, that's fine. For a second, I'm like, what did I touch? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I lost connection. And I was, I, then you, I couldn't hear you at all. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, anyway, I think that we're back in the room. <laughs> yes, I think we're back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're lovely editing. <clears throat> Um, so you had said your thing. And so I started with, uh, that years ago, I always thought like, yeah, why are the cock blocking from the productions, you know, houses slash, you Mm. know, publishers between the narrator and the author. And then I started working (laughs) more in depth in the thing. And part of it is the authors are so close to the material. It's their baby. And they don't really know or think that, I mean, you're never, ever going to sound exactly like that character in their heads. Yeah. And it's easier and I think better when they some of them some of them may do it, some do not. You know, some don't care. 
um, yeah. and they're more hands, you know, hands off, but others are very adamant about specific things. And that's when the production house can at least protect you guys. And that's the thing. It yeah. is really nice to have that level of protection. Yeah. It really is. Because <clears throat> like you say, if if they've got a very specific idea in their head of how someone's going to sound, but they've already chosen you and hired you and, and so you're sort of choosing that person's talent and their ability to do their job. And so, yeah, the moment that you have already agreed and then are like, oh, can you just change this character's Well, I really thought that they should sound like this. Um, and you're like, I mean, it's never happened to me, but I can imagine just being like, oh my gosh, that person speaks on every single page of this 400 page book. Like, that's a lot of pickups. I mean, I don't know if that's if that kind of thing's ever happened. Yes. But um oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> yes. And that would just be my nightmare. <laughs> like, what? Yes. It's also happened when the, the narrator has done a fantastic job on those first 15 minutes of audio for us to confirm that mm. yes, they are the one. They are the one. And then we get their audio clip. And I'm like, why the fuck are you phoning this shit in? Damn it. Oh, I know. You know, it's like, this is Ugh. not what you sounded like. This is not what you gave me first. You lie. Well, there's that, isn't it? I don't yeah. know how that could ever happen. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So many <laughs> but- different things. <laughs> yeah. But again, human error things and stuff like that, our moods and stuff like that, which is also where the production yeah. house and the production company is good on both fronts from a protection perspective. Just keep everybody. Yeah. yeah. It, it is nice to have that. Mm-hmm. But and then and who knows? And it may be that on these projects you know the production house didn't have that information so they you know and I feel like you know everything I always assume that everyone's doing the best that they can and no one's deliberately holding back information to make your life hell or anything like that I feel like if you go into everything just assuming that everyone's trying to be helpful and everyone's there to no one's trying to stab you in the back or anything. You know, then, I, then it makes your life a lot nicer. I don't like this narrative, Shakira. She's a pain. I'm gonna not tell her that it's a Russian accent. Right? <laughs> and so she gets to chapter fifty-five. I know. You know, I did actually. I did recently have a book where there was a Russian accent in it, and I was like, no one told me about that. Good job. I can muscle one. You know, muddle mm-hmm. one together a bit. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's always the thing when, 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 you know, conversations about prep also starts about, you know, the importance of reading through the book and figuring stuff out like this or having the author yeah. provide you with a list of or the production house in some cases provide you with a list of, hey, X accents and or lists yeah. or anything like that that's specific to the character. Because you don't want to find out that he does have a Russian accent in chapter 55 and you gave him no accent or an Irish or I don't know if I'm blank kind of thing like that is always. In, yeah, but that would be just mean. I don't like Shakira. Yeah, or you don't like always. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, I'm not going to tell her. Um, just see, see what she does, make her squirm. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I think that I always read through the book um, always, so I never get those issues. But I'll often, um, I'm really bad at um, kind of packing my schedule in quite tightly. Um, I think it's because I'm a newbie still and the fear of saying no to stuff. Although I, I, you know, I'm also not somebody who never says no because I, I can't, I have two young kids and I just, there's a, there's only so many hours in the day and I need my sleep. So I don't work all through, I can't work through the night and I like to have my weekends free so I can hang out with my kids. Um, so when I say that, that I'm like fully booked, that's my fully booked for me. Right. And it might not be somebody else's. Somebody else might be able to do, 
you know, bloody everything. You know, <laughs> bastards. They can do everything. Um, <clears throat> but I can't. Um, but I'm my booked and I do pack things in so that I can get as much as I possibly can done in the time that I do have. So I will I I I was getting some coaching the other day and they were saying that they read their books, you know, maybe like a month or so in advance of when they're scheduled to record it. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> really? Often I don't have the book that, that far Right. Out. I was going to say, um, you're, they're yeah. lucky that they even yeah. have the book. Sometimes the author is still writing it the week before you get it. I know. I know. I was like, what? What is this magic? Um, but they, and then they, and I was like, that, that makes me feel shitty because I don't do that. I'm like, I'll be reading it the week before or maybe like the weekend before. So I keep my weekends free from recording if I can most of the time. So then the week, bef- the weekend before I'm due to record something, I'll, read it it also means it's fresh in my mind i've mm. just read it it's right there and i like to be i know there are also people that record multiple books um at the same time i can't because i'm so invested i mean i'm not method but i feel like i'm as close to method as you can be without being a method actor like i'm just in it i need to be in it and that's who i am for that period of time so i can't do two books at the same time cuz i just I'd forget who I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only be me and this character in the book, you know, or, and the, or however well, many characters. I was going to say, it's yeah. not only, yeah, I mean, oh God, yeah. yeah. See? Mm. But if you had both, I, I just can't, I can't do it. But yeah, so, but if I'm prepping that book and like what happened recently and nobody's told me that there are however many accents in the book before, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> like I've got a, you know, I'd given myself this amount of time to do it because I thought it was this kind of book and I'm reading it and I'm like, I've got to do, you know, a French accent, an Irish accent, a Russian accent, uh, you know, uh, London, you know, standard, northern, like all these kind of things. And they're all going to be in a room and they're going to have a conversation with each other and there's going to be five Russians and there's going to be two (laughs) Irish. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, uh, Luckily, again, all things that are within my wheelhouse, I can bring them out, but I just had to mentally shift my expectations for the week <laughs> based on that. I, you guys are so talented in so many different aspects. And I love it how you guys can sometimes switch off in the accents and be like in mid sentence or words, switch the accent. But there's also times where there's an emotional scene or the mm. banter in that dinner party where all everyone's hanging out. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's gotta be some form of, and of course, heaven forbid that there is an error and you got to punch and roll or, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. The, the the tractors outside don't stop making noise or people you know right? airplanes flying on the mist and stuff but yeah it's a yeah it's that i love those scenes those are some of my favorite scenes because they challenge me and i love it so the scenes where there's banter back and forth um either you know either a couple who are you know in the middle of a you know exchange of uh, you know they're, they're testing each other they're bantering back and forth and there's lots of cut cut off sentence they're cutting each other off mid-sentence I love those especially when there's different accents I mean ideally not American and British because that's really hard but I've, I've had to do it but if they're if they're like regional British accents which I'm more you know I could do that really quickly I love those because it's just it's such a challenge and and you you have to like step up to it. You have to go, okay, deep breath, shoulders back, right? <laughs> and we're going in. And I I love them because I like 
speed in banter when I'm listening. Like obviously still within understanding, but I I want that conversation to sound exactly like a conversation between two people having an argument, having a, you know, a standoff or it's not slow. Oh yeah. It's no. not, you know, it's not and well, unless it unless it is. <laughs> <laughs> well well you you're you're an asshole <laughs> you know unless in unless people are like taking pauses and 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 it's like a a long drawn out you know thing where they're testing each other and it's a, a quiet thing but i love those speedy things and i want it to sound like a conversation and it's a tough thing to do to try and sound like multiple people you know, that a listener is going to understand that that's two people having a conversation or having an argument or having a whatever. I love those. That's so fun. And if there's more accents in it, great. That's a challenge. <laughs> like, it's fun. I love I love that. Yeah, I can totally imagine you going up to the mic going, all right, I got this. We're going to do yeah. this. We're going to do all right. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm like a freaking all right, all right, all right. We got, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do this no one's you know everyone you know mic you know monitor mm-hmm. ipad you know bear with me we're gonna do, we're gonna do this <laughs> i love it so what are some of your favorite accents to perform oh i love so my dad's welsh and i i love doing a welsh accent i i have got the opportunity to do it in a few books but um not as much as I, yeah, I, I just love it. I could do a whole book. I'd love to do a whole book. It would be hard. I'd have to schedule in the time because I'd want to make sure it was right. But um, I love the Welsh accent. And I love, um, what else? I mean, I, I adore listening to the Scottish accent. I, I do enjoy doing it, but it's, um, I've realized recently that, um, I can only really do side characters for Scottish and Irish because if I get asked to do a book that has a lot of Scottish accents in it, I'm like, and I get fully into that book, you know, I'm in that booth, we're, t- we're in it together, me and my mic. And then the next week uh, somebody's asked me to do an Irish accent, I find that really hard because, and I've had to say to some production houses when they've asked me, I'm like, I oh, I really can't. I've got a Scottish book the week before and I know that I won't do the Irish accent justice because I'll be so in it. I'll need to, I need more of a gap, <laughs> you know, because it's hard because they they sound totally different and yet there's so many similarities in the way that you place your mouth and stuff to get the accent right that I don't want to slip into a Scottish accent when I'm doing an Irish accent and I don't want and vice versa. So that's difficult. Yeah, so Welsh is my favourite. I love doing Northern Yorkshire accents. I enjoy doing a, an American accent, but I feel like there. I don't know why somebody would necessarily choose me to do it, <laughs> like unless it's a character. Um, I have had some. I have had people ask me to, you know, and I have done a book fully in an American accent, but I think it's just because I don't know why. I'm not going to assume. Well, I mean, they obviously thought I was good, but, I, but it was it was very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's been certain times that's where we're talking about the accents and about having 
you know that one character that's irish and it's not a problem when they're just the best friend in that first book mm. but then what happens so you know the author may have forgotten to tell you or there or they had absolutely no plans to make yeah. this character have their own hea and then all of a sudden yes chap you know book seven is all about that guy that it's an irish accent and you know you've done all the books yes. <laughs> in the series right. and you're going okay ah. great yeah that's tough that's tough but and it is hard, I think, especially being British, because I think that I, I th I, I've noticed, I don't think that North Americans always hear the difference between Scottish and Irish. And so um, often as a British person, I'll hear a book and it was, they genuinely think they're doing a Scottish accent or an Irish accent or whatever, and they've done the other one. So I don't think, so I think I maybe, I'm like, maybe, maybe I should care less. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't, you know, they, they don't, they can't hear the difference anyway, so I can do whatever. Um, but no, I'm obviously not going to do that. So, but I do worry about it because I know how it should sound and I don't want to get it wrong. And I don't want to, I would, I don't want to, but, but, but then, I mean, there've been so many people that have said to me, production houses or publishers they're like just just make it just a hint of the accent because they're not going to know you know so if you go to they're like they're not going to know the difference anyway they're like just do a hint of an accent because I think my mo would be to do like a full-on accent and then when I've been in a studio with one of the big fives you know not in, not at the, my in my booth at home but I've been in a studio they're like you know you've got to tone it down because no one's going to understand you <laughs> Well, there are certain accents that you're there that uh, I love it when readers are like, oh, my God, the I, the Scottish accent is so sexy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you do realize that they're just hinting at the accents, because if you were to go right now to Scotland, you yeah. wouldn't understand a damn thing they're saying because right. their accent is so thick, it's so thick. It's so strong. And that's what yeah. I'm used to hearing. So for me, it's really hard to sort of tone it down. And I think that's a couple of things that I that I try and work on is most of the time just try and give a flavor because and obviously the intention behind the words and the character that you know who they are if you know who they are in your soul in your mind it will come through in how you say it um, and so I try to yes I love accent work I, I adore it I mean I always have done but really that's almost the last thing to think about even if they've said they have this accent, you're like, okay, back of the mind, they've got this accent, but who are they? How would they say that? Because that's how it will come across as a person talking rather than me doing a voice. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. But it's, yeah. Um, but I do, I do love, I, I love it. And I, anybody says do a Welsh accent, I'd be like, yes, I will. <laughs> I'll do one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our favorites and we also have yeah. some that are like, oh, okay, that's a little harsh. Um, mm. Or the the thing with the accent and any kind of pronunciation is when they say, oh, they won't know. Oh, no, the majority may not know, but that one. Exactly. <laughs> we'll exactly, do the full right? review that will get a bunch of notes on it, right? And yeah. the likes on that one review that says that they mispronounce this, you know, specific regional word that is from yeah. that sort of the characters from and they didn't enunciate it in the accent the way that it should blah 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 and i'm like okay, okay. yeah so th those are the things you have to make it believable and then make it believable do mm -hmm. all of those things and have that in the back of your mind although i was watching this um you know 
I was watching this little skit from Dylan Mulvaney, um, who had done a little video, and she was saying she was going to stop putting content out there with her haters in mind and start putting content out there for people she knew loved appreciated her and welcomed her and was an ally and all that kind of thing oh wow and i was like wow that's actually a really powerful thing to do because yes we need to make sure that we are being correct in our pronunciations and do the best that we possibly can to make sure that we are portraying this character and this book in 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 the right way and do all of our due diligence but don't think about the haters and that one troll who's going to pick up on something that you may or may not have got wrong whilst you're sitting in the booth do it for the people who love it and there's going to be people who are going to pick up you're going to get something wrong because we're human but don't perform with that person in mind. Perform with everyone else in mind. Yeah. And I just thought that was pretty cool. It is. It's a little hard to do too sometimes because yeah. we as humans can't stop to think about. We can't. Oh, wait until this person sees this or oh, what else are they going to say now? Or just when things died down and they, oh, there they go again. Blah, blah, blah. I know it's so <laughs> hard. And you know, you could get, you could get like a hundred reviews mm -hmm. and there are all five stars and one, one star. And you know, I am going to be thinking about that one star one review yeah. that for the whole time, mm -hmm. regardless of mm -hmm. how distorted that ratio is, you know, you, but that's human nature. But I just think, I just thought that was, I'm always going to say that to myself now and just try and have that as kind of like a mantra of like, yeah, okay. And they can have that opinion and that's fine. But the majority of people said this and they just keep that in mind. And it's really hard to do. I think I'm going to have to remind myself every day, probably multiple times. A day. I may have to add a sticky note to my, to my <laughs> monitor for that because I want to borrow it. It's hard. But I think also too, when you do it the right with the fullest intent of doing it as, as close to perfection as you can and you've done the work to make sure that the pronunciations are as close to it as possible, all that stuff versus you kind of like calling it in. I think that's also where the yeah. differences lie. Is if you're doing your due diligence and you said it, we're all human. We're going we're gonna mess it up. You know? So yeah. and someone or someone may not catch it in in post-production. There's just so many different factors. Of it there may not so even have many. been yeah. your own fault. You know, it could have been like, no, I didn't get the pickup for that Kissimmee. I thought I got them all. <laughs> so, and yeah, there's so many different factors and there's so many people and that go into making an audio book. There's just, it, it's a whole process and, and everyone's doing the be very best. Like I was saying, you know, no one's going into it going, I'm going to fuck them over by <laughs> not doing this properly. Like, no one's doing that. Everyone's going into it wanting to do the best that they can and wanting to put the best product that they can out there and so it you know and yeah i mean why am i talking to why am i talking to trolls they're just going to do it anyway but like if everybody went about life just thinking assuming the best of like that that most people have the best intentions then maybe you know maybe life would be better i don't know <laughs> but like you know, it just, you know, if everybody just went into it, like before you put pen to paper slash fingertip to keypad, you know, just do you have the best intentions when you're doing this? And if you don't, then maybe don't do it. Um, I don't know. I once, <laughs> I once had a pickup packet where I was doing a character in a, in a multicast in a 
in an American accent. And I had had said, you do know I'm not American and also am I the best person for this? And they were like, yes, please put an audition in. We'd really like you to hear you. So I did. And then the author really loved what I did and I got the part. And I was like, great, okay, well, and I did it. And it wasn't a huge part, but I had, <laughs> I had the same number of pickups that I would have for an entire book. <laughs> For this very small section um because i had got fully into the character and then occasionally in dialogue or whatever it was and at the speed of it i just missed those r's those american r's occasionally so i did that i was like that's fine it's my bad i'd i'd gotten into the character and and like i said i do i put the accent to the back of my mind and i just slipped up my thing and i knew it was going to happen and i did my pickups and it was all good but there was there was one pickup where I had said um, uh, I'd said wander instead of wander, um, and I uh, I didn't know that they were that you needed to say them differently. And I was like, gosh, you know. And I said in the pickup, I was like, I mean, I know they're spelt differently, but do you really say them differently? I can't hear any difference. And um, and and I'd said, I'd be like, I don't know how to, I'd, I'd literally said in the, I was like, I don't know how to do this. I, I'm i going to try again. I'll try really hard, but I can't hear any difference. So I'm just going to do the best I can. <laughs> and they came back to me again. They were like, I'm really sorry, but it still sounds like Wanda. And we really need you to say Wanda. And I was like, I honestly don't know what's going on here. And I was like messaging my American friends, going, do you say wonder and wonder differently? Because in England you don't and all this kind of thing. And then eventually I went back to my husband. I was like, this is ridiculous. Did you know that Americans say wonder and wonder differently with the A and the O? And he was like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? And he was like, you're supposed to say them differently in English as well. <laughs> it's wonder and wonder in English. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I had to literally like go back on my hands and knees crawling to the, like the editors being like, I am so sorry that you've, I've made you do this work and you keep coming back to me. And I've been like, I don't hear any difference. It's wonder and wonder here in England. You Americans are freaking weird. Like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm Ugh. such an idiot. I'm so embarrassed and like hold my hands up. I'm an idiot. I didn't know. So I didn't do like enough due diligence because I genuinely thought that they were always said the same. And so, you know, when you think something, you've had this, you think a word like mischievous and mischievous. Yes. If somebody's always thought it's mischievous, they're not going to check the pronunciation because they don't think that they're wrong. They're not questioning it. You know, and then somebody has to come back to you and be like, you do realize you've been saying it wrong your entire life. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, those words that we think are specific in one way because of, yeah. you know, regional usage or just mispronunciations. And we're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I love it when you guys as narrators as a, as a whole will do almost like an impromptu series of sorts. Like I was today years old that I learned that it's. Yeah pronounced xyz versus that I know, and i'm like right? i think i'm gonna do one of those but it was uh, like it's been raw for a while yeah <laughs> like i'm so embarrassed i literally emailed i'm like i am so embarrassed i'm so sorry because i had no idea and i've just been going round in my whole life my husband's like you've just been saying that you're wondering 
you know, <laughs> instead of wandering. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it's such a subtle difference in English. It is quite subtle, and it's but it's not subtle in American. And I was like, what? I am an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, that's again because <laughs> of the accents. And it's it's similar to like when it comes down to being like bilingual and there's certain words that I will pronounce specifically in a one way because I'm phonetically saying them as if they were in Spanish versus mm-hmm. English dialect that eats certain words and letters and all that fun stuff. And I'm like, no, okay, that's not how we say it. How do we do this and stuff like that? So, and then other oh. times I've been completely spot on because of that. So yeah, it's a it's, hit or miss. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, you just got to be humble with it and yes. just be like, hold your hands up and be like, yeah, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Like yeah. I am. Um, but but again, that's like going through life with just a little bit more grace. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I gen, yeah, yeah, make it made a mistake. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm yeah, it, it would be it such a better place in this world of ours if people would be like, I'm so sorry. I I didn't know any better. Um, yeah. I didn't stop to ask fill in the blank. I didn't know any better, and now that I do, I'm going to do better and not yeah. do it again. Um, but no, people refuse to make, we're all human. We make mistakes. No, no, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do too, do, you know, but yeah. it's, it's okay. You know, we only have oh. responsibility of ourselves, but I love that, you know, those moments are, are funny, but at the same time I'm going, Ooh, I'm so sorry for that editor. <laughs> I know. Right. Especially luckily this only happened twice. Like it was only two pickups. I just had to do them like. Twice. yeah <laughs> that's good though <laughs> i mean you made it sound like you you made it also sound like you had like the whole book to redo to some extent because of that well, but i did have a not for that i had quite a lot to do just because it was in another accent and it made me realize i had done other books fully in um an american accent um but i think i'd done them for like british production houses or british authors and so it was less um less of an issue yeah and this one was very you know they wanted it to be right and I hadn't realized that maybe I hadn't got a lot of things right in those previous ones because it wasn't it wasn't as important or or maybe the person who was editing it was British and they didn't hear it either like you know so I don't know what it was but um I'm glad that this one now is going to be totally right, but it's made me think I don't think I should do this very often <laughs> like characters. <laughs> fine a whole book you know there are loads of americans who could do it. <laughs> well the right that i mean honestly i'll be honest there's a whole lot of americans that think that they do a really good british accent and they do not well, <laughs> so- this is the thing and like uh, british people are so judgmental of americans doing a british accent you know uh, w- like British people really like pick up on it and they do they can hear it immediately there's very few people who do a good English accent who are American that would fool us like Gillian Anderson I think is obviously one but she she's like dual she is both she could just choose whether she's American or English can't she Gillian Anderson like she just is fab but there are a few people and I'm like so because I have that innate judgmentalness of being British in my head I'm like so why am I putting myself in a position where you know I would think that I could be up against an American when there's they, you know, anyway, whatevs. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, there's been times too. I mean, I I love seeing the story where there was a review that said, "Oh my God, it was." The review said something to the effect thereof, and their Irish accent was so not believable. How the heck they thought that that was going to be a good Irish accent? <laughs> 
And it, the narrator was Gary Furlong, who is oh Irish. My gosh. He told me about that, actually. He told me about that when I met him at APAC. We were chatting and he told me about that story. I was like, I know it's just ridiculous. It's so funny. Well, but, think, yeah. yeah. The same thing, same thing was said about one time about Shane East. Oh, his British yeah. accent is so unbelievable. I don't understand oh, why God. anybody would think that he's British. And I'm like, probably what? because it's- He's like <laughs> the most British person. I know. So Yeah. No, he's, he's great. He's an awesome person to work with. He, I feel like I did one book with Shane um, and it wasn't through his production house. We, we did a book uh, for Penguin. Uh, it was Never Fall for Your Fiance. And um, he contacted me after that book and ever since then, he has, you know, off- gotten me work. What an amazing guy. I owe so much to him. He's just fantastic. Like, he went out of his way to find out who I was and contact me after we did this book. And we've worked together a ton. Like, how awesome is this industry? How awesome is he to do that? Like, I'm super grateful. What a- I adore him. <laughs> He's great. He's very funny. A lot of times people think that he's not because of the the British prim and proper, you know, what we think and stuff like that. And then sometimes I'm like, well, the conversations I've had had with him at one time or another, they were kind of funny. Um, and he just has a sense of humor. <laughs> but no, I think it, it's, it's smart to have that network within the community, especially when you have a specific niche. Like in your case, you are actually British. There are yeah. not that many narrators out there that are British. I mean, he, I remember one time he we, he said, Viviana, do we know any other British narrators that are male? Because I can't do all the books. I was- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so what happens? I do. Here's, you know, yeah. John Hartley. And, yeah. you know, he, he they got they worked with each other and uh, he's done a number of books for Shane under his production, but also referred. Um, yeah. There is there's a. Being able to make these connections and have the conversations and say, hey, you know, I know someone is fantastic. Um, I love that about this industry. It's Mm -hmm. so unlike, I feel like it's so unlike any other industry that um, just genuine want to help others and there not being this competition, like even between female narrators and male narrators, there's not there's never or I have never experienced anybody say, you know, I'm not going to or I'm not going to tell that person because they might get it and I won't. <laughs> you know, it just it doesn't. I, everyone's just so nice and 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 giving and and just, yeah, I just yeah. Well, it's really lovely. Yeah, I think overall, I think it's with anything. There's always going to be a few bad apples here and there. And a few scenarios, you know, here and there, there is just so much work. And I think that that's also true that has assisted in being able to keep the community as much as trying to be non-competitive as it is, because there's just so much work. And, you know, there's and that's the good thing. And also, we all know that we can't do all the books, right? So exactly. instead yeah. of trying to do all the books and doing a shitty job. <laughs> it well, that's, just... the, that's the depressing thing is when I feel like my first year, so last year was my first full-time year and I didn't know how much I could do. You know, I didn't know how, what a, what a comfortable working week would look like at that point because I hadn't done it. And I went from doing two books in one year to doing like 
I don't know, I, I think I did like 20 books or something in the, in the first year, which was a lot for me because, like I said, life and kids and all that kind of thing. So, um, and I just didn't know how, you know, it helped me learn how to schedule stuff. But I can't remember where I was going with this now, but just like not overscheduling yourself and not saying yes to everything because, if oh, that was what I was going to say. If I found myself in a situation where I had to do a book quicker than I would have wanted to, to do the best job that I could, I hated it. I hated that situation because I hate, I still wanted to give a hundred percent. And in order to give a hundred percent, I had to not hang out with my kids when they came home from school. I had to not hang out with my kids and my family at the weekends. I had, I had a horrible week so that I didn't put out a shitty book and I never want to put out a shitty book, but I also don't want to have weeks where I'm not with my family and not, you know, that's not how I want to live my life. I wanted to have this job so that I could be with my kids and have a flexible career. And, you know, um, so I think that's the thing is not saying yes to everything because you cannot, unless you sacrifice other things in your life, you, if you say yes to everything, you're not going to put a good book out there. You're just not. No. And the listeners will notice too, is that yeah. I've had the conversation and they're like, Viv, you, you can tell they were funny. And I'm like, yeah, especially if I've, you know, if they've been doing it for a while and stuff, how they were in the beginning versus how they may be doing right. it now because they're saying yes to every damn thing. Um, or, you know, they're not maybe no longer having fun with it, or they may not have liked the book and I'm going, mm, yeah. Um, sometimes, yeah, and some, cool. and some listeners don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't, cannot pick up on anything. They want yeah. all the spicy stuff. They, they think that that person is golden, that they can do no wrong. And that's perfectly fine too. But that's also where, again, this community, because we're able to say, Hey, I, I, I can't be all the, the, the sexy, you know, uh, British girls, but I know a few other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just love it. So far, like that's been my experience that it's just been incredibly open and giving and supportive. And I just was, sh I just was really shocked when I heard from from Shane after that book. And like, what a cool thing! Well, he's a smart businessman, you know. Right? Yeah, he's a smart businessman. Savvy, uh, yeah. Savvy is that Shane? Yes, he is <laughs> cheeky too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like them so much that we had an entire series together. You know, Shaney. I know, right? The Shaney. <laughs> yeah, Shaney. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's cheap, it's cheeky bloke. <clears throat> I swear I love him. Um, <laughs> but I did give you homework, and I am not one to give homework and not check it because I used to hate it, hate it when teachers did that to me in school. Um, so we are going to play two truths and a lie. If you're ready, you did do your homework, right? I did do my homework. Okay, you good. know what? Bane of my freaking life. It's so hard because <laughs> this game, normally I'm drunk and therefore it's really filthy. And I, so my go-to two truths and a lie, I can't do. Also, I have kids and <laughs> like, I can't do that. So... Um, I had we're to talking really... about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. My my go to. I was like, oh, two truths. I know what to do. I've got my go to. No, 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 no. So I was like, oh shit, I've got to come up with some new ones, and they've got to be clean. Um. So okay, two truths and a lie. <clears throat> Big breath, shoulders back. 
One, my first kiss was in a school play. Two, I was a background extra in the Netflix show Virgin River. And three, I've skydived from 15,000 feet. See, it's on the details. You could have skydived and there only be different feats, and then technically that would have been a lie. I haven't been that pernickety. Oh, goodness gracious, you guys are stuck. Virgin River, huh? Hmm. I like that show. Um, it's good, isn't it? It's really good. And I love it how they're like, yeah, it's California. I'm like, no, it's Canada. <laughs> it's literally down the road from where I live. <laughs> yeah. It makes me want to move there, though, because I'm going, I can totally see myself in a cabin up there and not have to worry about peopling. Um, it's so beautiful. I love how when they, sh- when they shoot that and they do all of those like epic zoom outs and zoom ins, it's so- you get to see how beautiful like yeah. British Columbia is. Yeah. Yeah definitely i'm like i want to go there um because i don't want to go to california no offense to my californians <laughs> um, <laughs> all right so which one's the lie hmm first kiss at a school play background actor and during um virgin river or the skydiving of fifty thousand feet okay hmm is the first time the kiss being the lie that is true okay sadly (laughs) that was a play where i had to kiss three boys damn girl i I know and i hadn't had a like a proper like a proper kiss ever before and i was quite old i was like slow start Mm. um but that was really embarrassing (laughs) oh no so is the skydiving then the lie no that's true really Yeah, I skydived in uh, New Zealand at 15,000 feet over um, the mountains and uh, the ocean. It was beautiful. I was terrified. See, I was going (laughs) to so rewatch the whole thing and see where I can find Shakira. And I'm like, I wish I had been an ex. In fact, I wish I'd been a lead in friggin' Virgin River. They film it down the road from me. And I always am like, oh, if I walk past, if I take the dog for a walk, maybe they'll see me and be like, she'd look good on this show. (laughs) I'm like, that's not how it works. Damn. (laughs) Being here, I was going to rewatch the whole thing. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> you should you still should you know, I do, well it is a <laughs> very nice. good show it's a very it's nice show nice yeah yeah uh and i've been even with the topics that they've had they've handled i think they've handled it really well yeah. um so it's always nice to bonus it is you know based off a book series so i'm like yeah um yeah. but all right so uh that's the lie okay yeah see? so the lie is i've not i mean it's it's a it's a wish but it mm-hmm. is not the truth <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. Okay, yeah. see, well, yeah, skydiving, that's another thing. I'm like, ah, uh, statistically speaking, I'm like, I would love to try it, but mm, I may have to have some inebriation or, or with someone that I'm like, if I die, I will come back and haunt you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is honestly, that's one of those things where I, it's so out of character for me. I really wanted to do it. When I met my, I met my husband when I was 18 and I was trying to impress him and we were, I don't know, we were talking about stuff and I was like, oh, I'd love to do a skydive. And I, and I would like genuinely, but I say things like that. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. I actually want to do it. It yes. just means like, I wish I was the sort of person that could do that Yes, was more what I meant. And he was like, well, we should do it then. I was like, mm, <laughs> no, you don't know me well enough. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually going to do one. And then um, like years later, 
we um, went on our own like little sabbatical before we had kids and like we're changing jobs and stuff. And we went to Australia and New Zealand for a few months. And when we were in New Zealand, he was like, well, if you're going to skydive anywhere, we should really do it here. And you have said you've always wanted to do it. And I was like, and there were like three options. You could go from like 9,000 feet, 10,000 or 11,000 or whatever, or 15,000 feet. And I was like, well, clearly we're going to do the 9,000 because (laughs) why would I go to the highest one? That seems ridiculous. And then he was like, but if you're only going to do it once in your life and you really want to do it, why don't you just do the the epic one? And I was like, no, Mm. I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but also no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then obviously he convinced me. And uh, it was freaking terrifying. But the best thing that we did was that we paid for a photographer to come up with us. And you put a camera in front of Shakira (laughs) and she smiles (laughs) and she opens her eyes and she smiles and she's looking at the camera and she's doing, you know. So if if I didn't have that, because my my cousin was like, how on earth are you doing that? That's not the sort of thing that you would do. And why are you smiling? And then she saw the guy that I was strapped to and she was like, oh, that's why you're smiling. <laughs> I was like, well, yes, but also there was a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to make sure you tell your kids, do not <laughs> book anything for me like this, thinking mm. I like doing it just because I'm yeah. smiling in this photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There just happened to be a camera and yeah. therefore I and, <laughs> and then the guy that I was strapped to. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been in those some of not skydiving situations, but where you're like, I would love to be able to be that kind of person, but I'm not. So no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just embrace who we are. Let's not yes, try and be things okay. that we're not. Yes. Um, but I'm glad that I did it because I'm never going to do anything like that again. And I, I just, especially now I've got kids, I feel like I'm even more risk averse, <laughs> but I, I love that I did that. And I've got photo evidence that I did that and I'm like Mm -hmm. wow she I was brave that day Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was brave that day that day she was brave yeah I did that one thing once (laughs) yeah it's interesting how we always look back on things we're like I cannot believe I did that I still remember my mom's reaction to seeing the picture I sent her of me standing in the clear glass in Chicago in that what formerly known as a Sears Tower I think it's been renamed since then where you're literally up in the sky and you go out in a box that's just really supposedly strong glass and mm-hmm. you have everybody beneath you. You have the whole force. Yeah. And my mom's like, Viviana, mm-hmm. why? It could have yeah. been like, mom, <laughs> <laughs> clearly I wasn't thinking of all the t- yeah. catastrophe um, that could potentially be underneath a foot. Seriously. But look, I look cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's now I'm like, I don't know. It, ha- it wasn't that long ago either, but I'm like, oh, I probably would. Now, you know, since then there's been stories about things going cracking. So I'm like, mm, no, I'm glad I did it when I did it. Yeah. And, before uh, you had the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Isn't it? In so many cases, in so many cases. <laughs> oh, goodness. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I do talk a lot. I did say at the beginning, mm-hmm. I will talk a lot. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's been so much fun. But before we go, I do want to uh, have you tell us what you're currently working on and what is coming up next that you can share. Right. Okay. Well, I'm currently, what am I currently working on? I've just finished a project. Um, 
which, you know, when you ask these questions and your brain just goes blank, I'm like, yes. I knew what I was going to say to you, but what actually have I been doing for the last <laughs> week? <laughs> what have I been doing? Um, I have been doing some awesome things for, oh, I've been doing some awesome things for Pink Flamingo. I don't think I can say what it is, but it does involve some gangsters. It's uh, London-based and very awesome. Um and uh what else and i'm about to start working on some stuff for podium um a lot of these things are under my pseudonym which i'm open about so all of my dark romances and spicy romances are under my pseudonym which is evelyn rose and she's busy at the moment she is busy she's got a lot of things in the diary there's lots of um dark mafia romances, gangster things. There's some reverse harem that's coming out soon. Uh, again, I don't think I can give you any titles, but my goodness, that girl is well satisfied by four <laughs> men um, on a regular basis. And there's no let up. Every chapter gives you everything you could possibly want and more. Uh, <laughs> I've just done two books in a, in a, in a reverse harem series and Again, I don't think I can tell you. Can I tell you? No, I can't tell you. But they are. Whew, I mean, that is some heat that's going on there. And those guys are hot. And they, um, you know, fully uh, satisfy her. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> always good. Uh, always good. I've also got some lovely historical romances with Shane coming up next year. Um, some more wonderful gangster things again with Shane's production company um I, what can I tell you about oh you know what I can tell you about mm. I have got a psychological thriller that's about to come out I think next month um called The Pact and it's set in Yorkshire and the south of England so again lots of accent work but it's really like this book makes you question your morals <laughs> and like who you're rooting for and why you're rooting for them and it's like I love psychological thrillers because they have you know when you get those twists at the end and you're like holy shit I was not expecting that this is one of those okay really good and also very excitingly um I have got oh, I'm so excited about this Empire of the Damned Jay Kristoff is the second book um, in the Empire of the Vampire uh, series. And I get to uh, dual narrate it with Damien Lynch. And I cannot believe that I was asked to do this. <laughs> um, I'm like, this is crazy. And this is with Macmillan and career high, I think. I'm obsessed with vampires, by the way, FYI, love a vampire. I would be a vampire. If there's a vampire out there, can you come bite me? Love them. Um, so <laughs> it's just, that's my thing. So the fact that I get to do this, I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I was looking at your list and I saw that. And I'm like, well, that's a nice cover. I'm like, ooh, okay. So And it's huge. It is huge. They uh, are like massive tomes and the first one's massive. And yeah, my like 16 to 19 year old self would lose her shit if she knew that I was a part of this 
Yeah. Nice. Very excited about that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I'd love it when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that was pretty epic. And I, and it was all done through Macmillan, but that the, um, the author did actually reach out to me and was like, by the way, your audition was fucking amazing. <laughs> and I was like, give me a fangle. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad so that they excited. did that. Yeah. I cause... know. It's actually really nice when you, you stuff comes out of the blue like that. And you yeah. I, I love, I do love author interaction. And I kind of feel like if an author reaches out to me and it's from them, I'm not going to ignore them. No, no. <laughs> so, you know, and I haven't sought them out or anything. So mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I just that got added to my list of books to read. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I know, but there's, there's, I, I feel like there's not been many um, announcements on all of Evelyn's stuff, so I don't want to say anything. Um, but there's just uh, some good stuff coming up. <laughs> uh, she's been busy in the booth; it's been exhausting. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I know. Like, how many times can I orgasm in one day? Really? <laughs> yeah, a some, lot. Apparently, uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> It's always fascinating to me when it comes down to the reverse harems. I'm like, I, if this was in real life, I'd be like, can I just have a break for a second, please? Because <laughs> if it was real life, she'd have cystitis. I mean, yeah. she would. It just, <laughs> she just, and she might need an operation. No. <laughs> oh, but I love it in the books. Like, it's okay. It's believable. I'm like, wow. Okay, great. Well, but yeah. Sort of like, yeah. Believe you sort mm-hmm. of, what's it called when you have to dispense of disbelief yeah 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 exactly yeah. that's the word yeah. my, my words have, have, have failed me I've been okay it's <laughs> okay we, we we speak for a living <laughs> <laughs> what we do i know <laughs> well goodness this has been so much fun um <laughs> thank you for taking the time to hang out with me today it's been such a pleasure well, thank you for asking me. I feel very um, privileged. I feel often that, you know, why would anybody want to talk to me? <laughs> me. Um, I know. And uh, so I bet thank you very much for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. If you're not following Shakira on social media, I'm going to make sure to provide you with all the links so you do and don't have an excuse because searching is not going to be one of them. So I'm going to provide you all that stuff over at the post for this episode over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobook-loving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.